Let's stand with us this morning as we open in worship and sing about the only king forever. Stand and sing with us this morning. Our God, the firm foundation, our rock, the only solid ground, as nations rise and fall. Kingdoms once strong, now shaken, we trust forever in your name, the name of Jesus. Amen. He's the only king forever. Thank you, worship team, for leading us in that. Isn't that a, just a, a great thing to know that he's the only king forever? Amen. Uh, we uh, have a wonderful thing this morning that we're going to celebrate here in just a moment. Uh, if you want to have a seat at this time, uh, we want to welcome all of you this morning that are guests. We are so honored by your presence with us this morning. 
Um, and if you would, on the way out today, stop at our Welcome Center. We'd love to get to know you better uh, so we can figure out how to serve your family as well. Or you can text the word hi to our church number and we'll be in touch with you. If you're joining on our live stream service, we welcome you this morning. And if you don't know him as your king forever, he can be your king this morning and set you free. And we're so happy to proclaim his name this morning. Forever is a long time, isn't it? We can't even fathom how long that is. And when life begins, man, it's a special time. It's a special moment. And we're going to honor um, one of those lives that has begun this morning. Pastor Steve is going to come up and uh, we're going to do a baby dedication this morning. Hey, good morning, church. It's so good to see you this morning. I would like for Oliver Gray Patton and his parents and family to come forward, please. They're coming up here. Hello, Eli. Can you tell everybody hi this morning? Hi. Real loud. Oh, are you going to come see me? Yeah, hey, buddy. Now, it's going to be kind of hard for me to hold both of them because both of you exceed my weight limit here. That's not going to work. This is Oliver Gray Patton. Oliver was born on June 14, 2021. He came in at 8 pounds, 2 ounces, and was 19 inches tall. And because of COVID and because of my recent surgery, his parents uh, wanted to wait until I could come back uh, to do this baby dedication. Now, you already know that these are two of my grandsons, right? Yeah. And there's the other, another one back there I hear. <laughs> so I got all four grandsons here this morning. That's good. Thank you, Stone. <laughs> We gather as a church family um, to celebrate this God's gift of Oliver to his mom and dad, Cole and Emily, and their, their, uh, their desire to dedicate him this morning. You know, the Bible tells us in Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 7, Lord, the lo lo love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and all of your strength. These commands that I give you today are to be on your hearts and impress them on your children. That's talking to you and, and uh, co as parents, Emily. That is to say to you that you're to talk about them, the commands of God and the wisdom of God, the strength of God, the love of God, when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. It's a constant reminder of what you're to instill in your children to love God because he loves them so much. God bless you guys with two great looking boys. I mean, aren't they great looking boys? Oh, come on, y'all can do better than that. <laughs> I mean, they take after their grandpas. Both grandpas are here, so they take after both of us. You have an awesome responsibility ahead of you to nurture Oliver, tend to his physical needs, to be his protector, to be his sustainer in life. You are to show to him the love that reflects the love of God for his creation and that he's blessed you with this gift. May you teach him in the ways of the Lord and introduce him to Bible stories to teach him about God that leads him to a belief in him. Above all, may you share with Oliver just how much Jesus loves him and how much he gave his life 
that when the time comes that Oliver will in turn give his life back to Jesus. And as he matures, may he, may he understand that God has a purpose for his life and that he wants to accomplish his purpose for him. Help him to discover those unique gifts that God has placed in him and how to use those gifts to speak to the lives of other people. And I'm going to sit you down because I'm about to get out of breath. There you go. Demonstrate a healthy relationship as parents loving and working together uh, as one, as Oliver will model the behavior for him to carry on uh, to his, uh, on to his family when the time comes. So in other words, you show to him how he's supposed to love others so that he can have that kind of love for his family in the end. May you be granted wisdom when you don't know what to do. There'll be those times ahead. May you be given discernment to help him make good decisions. Courage to stand up for him when others turn their backs on him. Patience for when it's just plain hard to be his father and his mother. May you have and other wisdom and countless dilemmas as you will face them throughout his life. May what he sees in your love for each other be an example of God's love and what it looks like for him. May you always show him God's love through not only your actions and words, but in every deed that you do. May the Lord's blessing be upon you as a father and mother as he gave you to Oliver. Now, we dedicate this great gift to the Lord. Come here, Oliver. Hey, buddy. How are you? You like that microphone? Yeah. yeah. He's almost at my weight limit also. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we know that this is a gift from you. We pray for Oliver to know your love, and may he discover the vast, unfathomable, incomprehensive love that is found in Jesus and what he did to demonstrate his love for all of mankind, and especially for Oliver. May he know, may he know, may you bring good into his life and enjoy the blessing of protection in your favor. May it go with him. May it go before him. May it come after him. And may he discover the plan for his life and be a blessing to others as he carries out that plan. May he come to know that you are here for him, that he sees you, and you stand ready to help him and protect him. And may he experience your joy as he brings joy in the lives of others. May he receive the blessing of love from his family that with that love setting the standard for the way that he is to love others throughout his lifetime. And may he never forget that you will fill him with your love and in turn he can give that love away to others. And most of all, may he receive the blessing of salvation that only comes through Jesus Christ. We dedicate this precious child to you this morning for your glory. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All the church said. Amen. Now hang on to him just for a minute because I left something in my office I want to give to him. What would you say? He's gonna go get I'm going to go get something, yeah.
So from our church to Oliver, to his parents and his family, we give you this baby New Testament as a way of showing and reminding you of this day and what took place in his life. May you be blessed in all that happens as you turn this child over to the Lord, and he blesses you for it. God bless you guys. Thank you so much. I'll just tell you that today is Emily's birthday, and so it's a special day in many ways for our family, that God blessed her mom and I with her 30 years ago. Can you believe that? Yeah. Let's continue to worship this morning. Everyone stand as we uh, continue to worship him this morning. I was buried beneath my shame. Who could carry that kind of weight? It was my turn till I met you. I was breathing, but not
once you ran out of that grave? Amen. Sing this with us. Blessing and honor. Blessing and honor. Glory and power. Be to the ancient of days. From every nation. All of creation. Bow before the ancient of days. And every tongue in heaven.
question. Why should we gain? Jesus, for your reward. God, as the song says, we don't have an answer. But Lord, by your grace and your mercy and your love, you saw fit, you chose that we would gain because of that. God, today as we continue to worship you through spoken word, Lord, Lord, just forgive us of our sins and where we fall short. God, let us enter into this time with a, just a heart of repentance. God, that we would, in everything that we do, we would think about what the next right choice is, God, that would glorify you and lift your holy name up. God, we battle against the flesh. God, the flesh can be so strong some days. But God, I just pray that we would just have a heart of repentance this morning, that God, when we gain from following our own selfish desires, when we take shortcuts, Lord, God, we would realize that, God, you don't get the glory in that. So, God, today as we enter into this time of worship, God, just let us want your desires for our life. God, you have a, a great plan for us. Lord, we thank you for your son, Jesus, that came to give us hope that we could live the best life possible. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. You may be seated this morning. As the children head out to, to Children's Church, I want to ask Dr. Frank Lewis to come and join me on the podium here for a minute. Because I personally want to express my appreciation to you for, I'm gonna try to do this without getting emotional, for leading our church in a very special time in my life. When uh, I found out that I was gonna have open heart surgery, I didn't have a whole lot of time to, to search out as to who could come in and, and, and fill uh, the pulpit and preach. And I knew that it was going to be an extended period of time. But there was really one name that popped up. I thought, let, let me just check on his availability. And your name came up. and. You graciously on that phone call when I made that Saturday afternoon. I woke him up from a nap, I think, if I remember. And uh, I apologized for waking him up. And I said, Frank, here's my situation. Would you come and, and preach for me for whatever number of weeks? Are you available? And he said, without hesitation, he said that he would do that. And I don't know if you do this or not. Don't, don't, don't criticize or critique my sermon too much. But... Quite often when I'm hearing someone else preach, I think, well, I could say that better. Or I could do that a little better. But there was not one single time as I was <laughs> watching at home. So on behalf of our church family, I just want to give you a little gift from my workshop. 
And uh, there's some money in this for you to take, Lori. Lori, would you please stand and would you express appreciation to Lori's wife? A little money that you can take her out to dinner. You might be able to get something at uh, Burger King or something like that. Yeah, but please take that and enjoy it. And I'm going to give you an opportunity if you want to say something to the church. You can take advantage of it right now. Just this is my sermon to preach. So after you're done, after about a minute, go sit down. <laughs> That's very kind. Uh, church, I want to say to you how much you ministered to me and to Lori during this time. We enjoyed coming here on the seven Sundays that uh, I was privileged to preach. You are a loving, loving congregation. And the reason that we're here today is I want to hear a good sermon. And I, I know that I will hear one right here. So, uh, Steve, I love you. Uh, thank thank you. you for the privilege that you gave me, trusting me with your pulpit. And may God continue to bless you. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Yeah. You are welcome here anytime to come and sit in the congregation. <laughs> One of the really cool things about being a grandfather is having our grandkids over to watch them as they learn new things, it's fun to watch a baby learn new things. And we had Oliver and, and um, Eli Friday night and yesterday. So I had a chance to watch Oliver and how much progress he's made because at his age, he is truly learning things very quickly as we all have done, hopefully, and when we were that age. Uh, when you haven't seen them for a little while and you see what they're doing, it's always interesting to see the progress that they made. And this is God's way of, of helping us to learn. He gave us some really incredible ways that we could experience life through amazing things. And one of those, or the five of those, is our senses, right? Sight, touch, you remember, taste, smell, and hearing. The five senses. Now, I am a little hesitant to ask this question, but uh, you don't have to answer it out loud because if you're sitting beside your wife or husband, they would probably answer differently than what you would answer. So you can just answer in your mind, which of the five senses do you utilize the most? Now, for that's really when you stop and start thinking about it, it's really a hard question to answer. And it's really quite difficult, I think, to, to pick one over the other. Quite possibly, however, you can, you can really answer how truly you appreciate those five senses when you don't have them, right? In fact, some of you may have a new appreciation for the sense of smell because quite possibly if you had COVID, uh, then you may have lost your sense of smell. Hopefully it was temporary and that it's come back if that was you. So let me ask the question again, which of the five senses do you use the most? Which of them do you use the least? I don't know how you feel about this, but I tend to believe that there is one of the five senses that is utilized the least, and that would be hearing, hearing. And if you just give me a little leadway on this, 
When I say that hearing is the least used, what I'm really talking about is not the ability to hear per se, but I'm talking about the ability to listen. To hear is one thing, to listen is something different. And I believe that one of the real problems in our culture today is we choose not to listen. Oh, we do a lot of talking, don't we? Many people are blessed with a, the old-fashioned uh, phrase called the gift of gab. Do you know anybody like that? Don't raise your hands. And they like to gab about anything. I'm, I'm quite often hesitant to put anything on Facebook other than a, a scripture. Even then, it's kind of uh, running the risk these days. But if I ever share my opinion, which I'm very cautious to do, I did share it this past week because I would say this, because I think there's way too much trash on our streets. And our, our, our middle Tennessee, especially the city of Nashville, is getting way too dirty, okay? And I just referred back to the old Tennessee trash commercial that was ran during the, the 70s. Anybody remember that? The guy in the Corvair, and he's throwing trash out. We got a lot of people like that. So I thought that was probably pretty safe to do, but as far as any other opinions, I'm very cautious to do that because I cannot tell where that conversation's gonna go. Because people are so accustomed these days to having an opinion about everything. And there are certain ones of my friends, go check my friends list out and you'll see on Facebook, who have an opinion about so much. I'm not, I'm teasing. None of my friends do that because they're all good Christians, right? Because Christians really don't do a bad job of commenting on Facebook. <laughs> Too many people express their opinion. When they're talking, they should be listening. Often our listening is not to listen to hear someone else, to gain insight from someone else, to get to know a situation, or quite possibly to get to know the person. If we dare to listen at all, all the motivation seems to be more self-centered. It's so we half-hearted listen. And quite often what I have discovered, in fact, I have been guilty of this from time to time, is when I'm trying to listen, as I'm listening half-heartedly, what I'm trying to do is figure out what my response is going to be. In some cases, people will listen to see how they can trap someone in their own words. And too many times, we don't listen to resolve. What we do is listen to combat. We listen to disprove or prove wrong or disagree. We listen to try to catch someone. Listening to others, in my opinion, has become a lost art, not only in culture, but here's another place where we have lost our ability to hear, and that's listening to God. If I were to ask you about your prayer life this past week, to summarize the amount of time you've been in communication, where would you line up with that? Of course, that gives consideration 
to the reality or the question as to whether you really spent any time in prayer at all. The great preacher Charles Spurgeon said this, As well could you expect a plant to grow without air and water as to expect your heart to grow without prayer and faith. He also said this, to pray is to enter the treasure house of God and to gather riches out of an inexhaustible storehouse. Our church is currently emphasizing the need of prayer with our 30 days of prayer. Today, we're praying that our political leaders will be convinced by the Word of God. That's our specific theme that we are praying. If you don't know what our calendar is, they're available, or you can uh, send information to our, to our church, and we'll be happy to share that. We're, we're praying, I call it 360. We are choosing a theme each day, and we're praying specifically for that as a church, but we're not just praying for that day. We're praying for what we've already prayed for in the previous days, but we're also praying for the future. Namely, we're praying for Easter or Easter services, that God would do an amazing thing, and that will only happen as our church wraps it up in prayer. And I hope you've been faithful to do this 30 days of prayer because prayer is important and it's necessary to get to know God. You cannot get to know God unless you pray. Assuming that you have done some praying then, let me ask you this question. Have you spent more time talking to God rather than listening to God? You see, what we tend to do is we, we have developed a, maybe a prayer life, but what we tend to do is we, we talk to God, we lay out everything we want Him to do for us, or maybe we do a good job of praying for others, but how often do we slow down to say that we're willing to listen to God? And one, an important discipline as a, in, in praying is to not only talk to Him, but to listen to Him. A cynical person mocks others when it's said, you probably have heard this, my prayers are with you. Maybe in the face of tragedy or your, some sort of sickness. Uh, what really kind of gets me at times is when they say, my thoughts and prayers are with you. And quite often they just shorten it and say, my thoughts are with you. Well, I want to tell you, thoughts don't do a whole... I appreciate them it's taking a little bit of space in their brain, you know, to, to remember me uh, as, as they're thinking of me. But I really want them to be praying for me. And some have said, what good, when, when that, that has been used, you know, what, what good does prayer do? And, and so they kind of mock God or mock our belief system about prayer when we say we'll be praying in that situation. Well, let me just say this to that. Never fall for that cynicism because when you are talking to God about someone's situation or about a country's situation, you are calling out our sovereign God who has more power than any other thing, creation, any other body, any other uh, um, humanity, any other sovereign will. You're calling him to speak into that situation and your prayer becomes very powerful. It does not matter what anyone else is saying about it. So don't fall for that. Prayer has the greatest ability to change one's life in one situation than any ability that we'll have. Prayer is the greatest potential 
to change us, to change our church, and to change our country more than anything else. If that being the case, then it's important to remember that prayer is commuting to, in the, our communication with God is a two-way street. It goes both ways. It's a two-way process. In communicating with God, our process cannot be just one-sided where we just talk with Him. So the title of my sermon is this, A Little Less Talk, A Little More Listening. Would you pray with me, please? As we come before you today, Father, we take time to, to pray to you. Father, may we be listening also to hear from your word, to hear from your spirit, and to be obedient to what you would say to us today. It's Christ's name I pray, amen. Well, I suspect that many of you are just like me when it comes to praying. When I think about praying, I, I too spend, so I'm not, I'm not preaching at you, I'm preaching at us this morning, because I do spend more time talking rather than listening. And I'm going to make a general statement here that our relationship with God, one of the five senses that we least use is our ability to hear. We spend a lot of time talking, but do we take time to listen to God? Maybe one of the reasons we don't spend time listening to God is that you think He doesn't speak. Maybe you're just waiting for some audible voice that you want to hear from Him. And so until you hear that, you may believe that, well, He doesn't really speak. He doesn't really care about my situation, but I want you to know that He does. He speaks very loudly when we are, have the ability to listen to Him. I could ask you, are you one of those that doesn't believe that God speaks? Don't raise your hands if you do. But I guess there are some folk who have a hard time with this whole concept of God speaking to us. In fact, if, if you were to go out into culture and you were to say that God spoke to me about this, a lot of folks would just think you're crazy that he doesn't speak anymore, maybe he never, they think he never speaks, but he does. He, he speaks in a very loud voice, and you may be thinking, well, I've never heard his voice. He's never spoken to me audibly, but he has spoken to you. It's not that someone who has heard God's voice and spoken to them has a special relationship because all of us who are saved have the ability to hear God's voice. He speaks to every one of us. God wants to have a relationship with anyone. He doesn't want, with everyone, He doesn't want to just single out, you know, I'm going to talk to you and I'm going to talk to you. The rest of you I don't care about. He wants to have that relationship with every one of us. He wants to speak to everyone. So do you believe? I decided that I would look up and see if I could find an article that talks about how God speaks. And so I found one in a 
from a website called The Life, and the author identifies six ways that God speaks to us. I, I knew this, and you know it too, but they did a good job of explaining it. How does God speak to us? The first way He speaks to us is through Scripture. You're probably familiar with this, <clears throat> this, uh, fra- this, this scripture here from 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 that says all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to what? To teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So God speaks through what he's given us in his word. And it's not just this one scripture. It's all through the Bible. He's speaking to his people. Here's the second way that they identified. They said, through those who preach, teach, or share biblical principles with you. Those that are doing exactly what I'm doing now or those that were in life group, the, the teachers that were there, those people who have the ability to speak not just facts, not just information, but biblical principles in your life. <clears throat> God teaches through that. Here's what the Bible says in Romans 12, 6 through 8. In His grace, God is giving us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out as much faith as God has given you. If God is, uh, if your gift is serving others, serve them well. Here you go, here's the one. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, gives generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. So God uses people to speak into your life biblical principles. He speaks that way. Here's another, <clears throat> reason, another way that God speaks is through, and I think a lot of us really understand this, is through difficult situations and difficult times. In fact, I would venture to say if you're like me, you have been here, when you have been closest to listening to God, maybe talking with God, has been when you've been in a difficult situation. And that draws you into wanting that, that, that intimate relationship with God. Here's what Psalm 119 says, I used to wander off until you disciplined me. Sometimes we find ourselves not obeying, and God is calling us back. He's speaking to us, and here's how the psalmist said, but now I closely follow your word. You are good and do only good. Teach me your decrees. Another way that God speaks to us, and this is really powerful, through the Holy Spirit. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, here's what it says. This is Jesus talking. He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything that I've told you. In fact, if we're not cautious, we overlook the power that the Holy Spirit has the ability to do. He teaches us. Here's another one, through creation. The heavens proclaim the glory of the Lord. How many of you gotten up sometime and you've, well, that's assuming you get up early, right? You've seen the sun rise. Here lately, I've seen people post picture, pictures of that. 
It's like this beautiful sun, or you see a sunset. And how many of you thought, man, look at God's creation, God's handiwork. You see it. You, in fact, you just look at the flowers that are, that are, that are blooming right now. Look at a, the perfection of a tulip that's coming up. And people will see what this verse says. The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make him known. So God speaks through his creation. Here's another one, the final one. God can speak through anyone in any way that he chooses to do. It doesn't have to be limited to these five that are previous. In any way that God chooses to do, he's certainly powerful, powerful enough to use any way whatsoever he wants to speak. Here's what uh, Job says. For God speaks again and again. Did you hear that? Through people, though people do not recognize it. He speaks in dreams and visions of night when the deep sleep falls on people as they lie in their beds. He whispers in their ears and terrifies them with warnings. He makes them turn from doing wrong. He keeps them from pride. He protects them from the grave, from crossing the river of death. It's amazing how God speaks. Uh, well, if you look at this, you can't help but ask this question. What are some barriers to hearing God speak into your life? If God, if you say, God, I, I do believe that you speak. God, I do believe that I can have this two-way communication with you. I can pray with you. I can tell you of my wants and my desires and my needs, and I'm going to listen to your response to that. I'm going to wait and see. If you believe all of that, there are, then there has to be some reasons as to why we don't do it more often. So what are some barriers to that? Well, I'm going to spend a little bit more time on this in a few minutes, but some barriers might be the wrong attitude. It might be a resentment that you have, that God didn't, maybe you did, God didn't act the way you wanted him to in times past, or, you know, it's just that you resent that he didn't answer your prayer, or he didn't answer it the way that you wanted him to answer it. Here's one that probably is more of a problem than what all of us really want to admit, and that's unconfessed sin that impedes our ability to hear God speak. Maybe the problem is that isn't that he doesn't speak to you, but maybe you're just unable to hear him because you have a wrong attitude or you have resentment or you have unconfessed sin. I want us to look at a time when God was speaking back in the Old Testament. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to 1 Samuel 3. We're going to read verses 1 through 10. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord until under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. Now, you can stop here and just read a whole lot into this, but let me just go through it. And, and, and we're not going to spend much time explaining this. Verse 2, one night Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was laying down in his usual place. 
The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here am I. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me? But Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord said, called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me? My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not been revealed to him. And the third time, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that it was the Lord that was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the, Lord, the Lord came and stood there, calling out as other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. Notice that the verse said, In those days, messages of the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon. And some of you may think that that's not unlike times today. Well, I just want you to know that God still speaks today. Some people might argue that this verse doesn't, wasn't God speaking to many people in the days of Samuel, that Samuel was a boy. Well, God, God knows if he was or wasn't speaking, but the root of the problem was that the people had given up listening to God. And maybe that's our problem today, that we've given up on listening to God. God's not speaking. No, maybe we're just not listening. The messages were very rare from the Lord because they'd given up. God was speaking, but they just weren't listening. And the response that Samuel makes is our six powerful words that has significance for us today. Do you know what they are? Samuel says, speak, your servant is listening. Speak, your servant is listening. I could spend a lot of time on this, but let's just kind of suffice it to say that it's a great position for Christian people to be in today, to be listening to God and say, God, I hear you, I'm your servant. Now use me the way you want me to, the way you want to. I'm gonna chase this rabbit for just a minute. We have somehow missed what a Christian is supposed to be. One of the top definitions we're to be as a Christian is to be a servant, to serve other people. Let me just go on and say that somehow we have missed what church is to be. We have sort of kind of determined that in church in this culture today that we show up at a specific time on, at, at a, during the week 
and, and come in and sit down and now, okay, entertain me. I'm here. But do you know what our job is as believers is to go out and serve other people? To serve in such a way that it draws people to Jesus Christ. We're to be a servant, and maybe we should say as a church, as a people of God, here I am, I'm ready to serve you. I'm your servant. Well, I want to just kind of delve in just a little deeper into what is the problem with our listening to and for God's voice. What's the problem? Well, one is we fail to prepare our place, or prepare ourselves to listen. I think a lot of um, this is because of how busy and crazy we are doing things. It's so hard to make time, to set aside time for God. Our schedules are so loaded with thing after thing that we just don't seem to take time to stop and listen to God. I personally believe that God has been trying to get us to slow down over these past couple of years and, and uses, using world events to say, wait a minute, what is your priority? Are you listening? Are you focusing on Him? Well, here's what the Bible says way back. Psalm 46.10. And this has to be one of my favorite scriptures. You know what? Say it, read it with me. Be still and know I am God. Be still. I once used this verse years ago when I was preaching. And I just stopped. And there was dead silence. And I waited for about two and a half minutes. Just like I'm doing now. And I got an email that next week that said, uh, were you having a senior adult moment? Did you lose your place in your sermon? What was wrong with you? Was there a problem medically? He asked me all these questions. I want to say to him, did you not hear the verse before? It said, be still. We feel uncomfortable of just sitting quietly before God. Eugene Peterson says it this way in the message, step out of the traffic. Take a long, loving look at me, your high God above politics, above everything. The writer says, be still. Another way of saying this, kind of my interpretation is, stop talking and listening and start listening. Quit running your mouth. But it's not just your mouth that we need to be still before the Lord. It's up here. It's our mind. It's in our spirit. It's our very being to be still and know what? That He is God. How often do we take time to be still? 
and just listen to God. And if you remember in the story that God doesn't speak to Samuel in the business of the night, uh, of the day, but instead comes to him at night as he's lying down to go to bed. It was when Samuel was still from all the activities of the day. For us today, we don't get even that, really. I, I, I could ask you this question. Again, I don't want you to raise your hands, but how many of you go to sleep with a TV on? You know? How many of you have to have your uh, AirPods in to listen to music? Or you have to have some kind of sleep machine on just to get you to sleep? Um, we don't like the quiet, it seems. There's hardly any time when we can be still and quiet. There's noise all around us. If you have young children, oh, my goodness, from the weekend, you know, let me just, let me just tell you about Eli just for a second. You know, Eli, you may not know this, but some of you do. Eli is a miracle. Eli couldn't speak because he had what was identified of as epraxia, meaning he couldn't get his thoughts and his words just come, couldn't come out. And we prayed. We prayed for God to intervene. And the first time that Eli spoke words was in when his mom recognized that he was singing, Jesus Loves Me. Now he won't be quiet. <laughs> and we're grateful for every time we hear him say and put words together and make sentences. It was God doing that. It's hard, I know, to find time to be still. One of the verses that's one of my favorites also, and I use it in just about every funeral service I do, is God is our refuge and strength. Always, always ready to help us in times of trouble. The psalmist found refuge in, day, day, in, in the Lord. And this is an incredible promise, not just for him, but for us as well, that God is our refuge. He is the place that we can go to to find strength. He is a help in times of trouble. What is a refuge? It's a shelter that provides protection from all kinds of danger. It's a place of safety that needs to be entered into in order for it to be beneficial there's two sides to a refuge. There's the inside and then there's the outside. And you find protection when you are in the inside, inside. And that doesn't come to you until you choose to enter into it. In the scripture that says that God is our refuge and strength, do you notice that he's not saying to you that you got to figure it all out? He's not saying in this scripture, here are the points you need to do, now follow me and do this. He doesn't lay out some categories that, that demands action on our part in order to attain this refuge and strength. 
If you put those verses together, it's to be still and know that God is God and He is our refuge where we can find strength. It simply says, know that I am who I am. Know that I'm in control. Be assured that I am, I'm, I'm with you. Be confident in my presence. In me, you can find rest. Know that I will be your place of safety. Let me soothe that trouble that you find and, and let me calm your anxious fears. Be still and know that I'm God. Jesus did this. He did it quite often. But when he was busy teaching and traveling and, and healing and, and, and preaching, he never allowed that, that pace that he had to keep up with to interfere with him going and talking and spending time with his heavenly Father. Mark wrote, in the morning, having risen a long time, while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he, what? Prayed. Did you get the two words there? Solitary place. He did it often. He got it by himself quite often. He went out to be alone with God, to be still. He wasn't always seeking an audience. An audience just followed him. But not Jesus. I mean, Jesus was the one who would sneak away to hear his Father's voice. Even when people were trying to force him to do otherwise, to be something that he was, didn't intend to become, he sought solitude to get refocused on his mission. Jesus told us that we should be still and listen to God. Matthew 6, 6, he said, But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your heavenly Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Go and spend time with God. Here's the thing about that is, as I look at Jesus' life, if Jesus needed solitude, if he needed time away, why would we think we don't? Why would we think that we can do life in a way that Jesus did not do? He went out, he prayed before a major life change. He went to be alone and listen to God before he was going to make, to make important decisions. He went to be alone when he grieved the loss of a loved friend. Remember what he did when John the Baptist? We heard about the news of John the Baptist. He went to be alone after he had great victory and successful ministry. Remember what he did when he uh, had fed the 5,000? He tried to be alone by himself, but the people wouldn't let him. He went alone um, before a great spiritual event that was to take place in his life. And finally, he was alone as he entered that most difficult period of his life when trouble and suffering and death were looming. He was facing that. We see that over and over. Be still and know that I'm God. What's the problem with our listening to and for God's voice? Second, we might be overlooking how he speaks to us. 
We might just be looking for some supernatural voice, event of how God's going to speak to us. Uh, we, we just might be waiting. Okay, God, I don't hear you. I've been praying for this. I'm going to listen, but I don't hear you. And quite often we're listening for some big booming voice and thunder and lightning or something of that nature when we need to be listening for a still small voice. Sometimes God uses dramatic things to get our attention, certainly. He did that throughout the Old Testament, New Testament. But more often than not, God speaks to us in quiet, simple ways. Through His Word, through other people, through nature, through our conscience, through listening to the Holy Spirit, listening for that soft voice to speak to us. What is the problem with our listening for God's voice? Third, I think we miss God's message so often because we just don't recognize His voice. We just don't recognize Him. In the midst of all the voices and the messaging of the, that takes place in every day, sometimes it's quite difficult to pick out the voice of God. On Friday night, Emily and Cole, as I said, gave us the privilege of keeping Eli and Oliver. And they spent a night with us so that they could come to Oliver's baby dedication today without having to drive in from Las Casas. And I was watching Oliver as Emily came in yesterday afternoon as uh, she was sitting on the floor with him. Now, you just see him, he didn't have much reaction with me. Uh, this morning, he, he looks at me, he stares at me. If I've got some whiskers on my face, he rubs his hands against my face. And, and that gives me great joy when I see that. But when Emily came in and sat down with him in the floor and she started singing to him, you know what? He got so excited because he heard her voice. He recognized her. He, he, he was comfortable with her. And that's the way it should be with us and God. That when we hear him, when we're listening to him, there should be that excitement. But often, just like Samuel, we don't recognize God's voice. He didn't because he had never heard it. And it took God calling him three times to finally realize that it was him. We need to stop and get to know the ways that God uses to speak to us. And fourth and finally... What is the problem with our listening to and for God's voice? This may be the biggest one. We simply don't want to. We just don't care. We don't want God to talk to us because maybe we've already made up our, my mind. We've already decided. We don't want his input because we know he's probably going to tell us something, especially if we're kind of doing our own thing, if we're out in a doing sin that we should not be doing. We don't want to hear his voice. We don't want him to, to listen to him because he's probably going to correct us and tell us, don't go that way. Now, understand this. He's not doing it just to kind of find you doing something. He, he, is, he is telling you, don't go there. Don't do that. Listen to me as I'm trying to describe this because this is what's best for you. And this is the relationship that is the best that we can have 
But otherwise, often we don't want his correction. We've gotten to a place in this culture where we don't like the negative words like don't. Don't do this, don't do that. Do we get to a point? Are you at a point where God is speaking to you in a voice and you hear it? You just say, I don't want to do it. Samuel finally listens. And he says, speak, your servant is listening. God doesn't force himself on us. If you go back into Scripture, the voice of God is there. And he says he's waiting. He's not speaking. He just says in verse 10, the Lord came and stood there, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel, then Samuel said, Speak, your servant is listening. Samuel had a choice. He could have just ignored God out of fear, out of not wanting to do what God says do, do or for some other reason, just ignore God. He, he could have just said, out of pride, I, I'm not going to do what he says. He could have chosen all of those things, but instead he chose to respond by saying, Your servant is listening. Maybe it's time that we as his people do a little less talking and a little more listening. Would you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, I pray that our challenge today, as we leave this place, as we are trying to find help in this troubled world as we are here this morning we're seeking you that we'll let our mind and let our talking let our being let our souls be still to listen And just like Samuel, be obedient. If you're here today and you recognize God's voice, chances are pretty good that he's been talking to you a while about what it is, if it's something that you need to do. He's been leading you to make some sort of decision maybe that first-time relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe he's been leading you to mend some relationship. Maybe he is trying to call you from some sin that interferes with that relationship. Maybe it's a thousand other things And God is speaking. Are you going to be still to listen and to obey? If you're here today and you have some business that needs to be taken care of during this time of invitation, 
There's no better time to talk to God than right now and to listen to his voice. I pray that will be what we do today. In Christ's name, amen. Please stand. Here, if you'd like for me to pray with you, if you'd like to come and just spend time in the altar, it's open to you to respond the way God wants you to right now as we sing. Lord, I come and I confess Bowing here I find my rest And without you I fall apart You're the one that guides my heart Lord, I need you Help us not ever be outside of that acknowledgement that we need you. And thank you for coming alongside us and walking with us. You've been before us, you've been with us, and you go after us. And thank you we have that promise. And it's in Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. You may be seated, please. Pastor Mike.
the kingdom uh, is here and the kingdom is coming. Um, we want to uh, make you guys aware that we are um, doing another Easter egg challenge this year for our community, for the kids in our community, as a way to serve and love on them. It's always a fun time. Last year we had over 70 kids come up to our Easter great egg scape, but I'm ching, and it's a great way to serve, um, like I said, the kids in the community. If you're here this morning and you would love to jump in on that, we would love to have you uh, help us in this project. There's a few ways you can do that. First thing you can do is you can just pray. Uh, pray for the kids that are going to be coming that will hear the gospel in this challenge. We're going to take them through several stations. Last year, we had 70 kids throw real eggs at a target that John Bagwell was sitting at. and just He didn't get egged himself, so you're not going to get eggs thrown at you if you want to come out and help. just want to make that clear. You will not get eggs thrown at you. But if you want to pray, that would be awesome. Uh, pray every day up until it. And then um, if you would like to um, stuff eggs... We have a couple thousand eggs there in the lobby right now. We have bags of candy. If you're in a season of life right now where you're not doing much or if you know someone that's in their home and they are not able to get out and they want to contribute, come see me back here. We can give you boxes and bags of eggs to take home to bring back next week so we can uh, give those to the kids at the Easter egg hunt. And the third thing you can do is you can come talk to me. We would love to get as many people uh, serving that Saturday uh, as possible. There's different ways to do that. There's uh, taking people's uh, names. There's doing the games with them. If you like to throw eggs, come talk to me too, okay? And if we run out of eggs, you know, we'll just get some eggs and we'll put something in them. I don't know, broccoli. What do you think? What, what's yeah, Pastor I'll, Steve, I'll, what can we put in an I egg? I would like that. That's all I eat these days, so I don't know. <laughs> Um, what do you mean by this season of life business? I don't know about that. Season of life. Yesterday, there were a lot of folks here to help us get our campus looking good. I don't know if you noticed all the pine straw or not, but I would like to express my appreciation to those who came out and to work in our church work day. If you were here yesterday braving the cold weather early in the morning and you were spreading pine straw, would you please stand? We want to express our appreciation to you this morning. All right, I know there was more. Come on. And uh, thank you. Thanks for your help in getting things done. How long did I preach this morning? Too long? I forgot to so set my clock this morning. So if I preach too long, Frank, just complain to him, all right? Amen. Well, as we continue to, uh, again, get ready for Easter, that's the one time of year. It seems like folks that are just on the fence about accepting an invitation to church uh, that they will say yes so uh, as, as we're getting ready around the building um, I just pray that you would uh, continue to pray uh, for the hearts of those folks that we're going to invite and that we would uh, use our overflow plan that would be amazing this year if we had to exercise our overflow plan um, 30 days of prayer if you haven't already um, got a sheet on that um, to participate in that I encourage you to do that and um, I do want to draw to your attention there's a prayer table just in the back, back here. And um, if you have a prayer request that you'd just love to um, keep private or you would love to add something to our church prayer list, that's a great opportunity. There's a prayer box back there. There's some forms. You can fill out that form. It gives you the opportunity to say, um, I want this to be uh, more private or I want this to be on our church prayer list. And I promise you that we'll honor that. Hey, stand with me as we close in prayer. Good to see you this morning. You guys were sounding great. Lord, we thank you for today, God. Thank you um, that, God, when we 
as uncomfortable as it is sometimes that when we rest in you Lord that so many times you just speak through the quiet so guys we go about our busy lives God I just pray that we'd be intentional this week about scheduling in time just to listen to you Lord and we would be cognizant of um, that God you don't want us to just fill our lives with just busy work but God you want us to be meaningful and intentional about the things that we do so as we go about this week let us reflect your goodness and all the things that we do and your your grace and your love in your son Jesus name we pray amen have a great week good morning this is Kelly I want to take a moment to personally thank you for joining us for today's live stream I hope today's message was encouraging and inspiring for you you know what we would love to hear from you if you're here today and you made a decision for Christ or maybe you just have a simple prayer request. We would love to know about that. You can text the word prayer to 615-776-1807. One of our pastors will be back in touch with you. Hey, if you're in the neighborhood, we'd love to see you in person. You can join us for life groups at 9 a.m. or blended worship at 10 a.m. And let me say this, from your youngest family member to your family member that has the most years of life experience, we have a place for you. You know, I believe that we're living in unprecedented times. People all around us are looking for sources of hope. And you and I, we both know where that hope is found. We have a God who loves us and he wants to meet us right where we are. But you know what? He loves us too much to keep us there. So come and join us, whether online or in person. We would love to shake your hand, give you a smile, and uh, do life with you here at Sunset Hills. Have a great week, everybody.